Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Truly is the most wonderful time of the year, especially in a year full of depression, especially in a year of negativity, of there's no direction, there's no reassurance, there's, no, there's uncertainty in the world. We're needing hope to keep us alive in 2020. See, the definition of hope is to be cherished a desire of anticipation, to want something or, or to be, uh, want something to be true. It also means to desire an expectation of, of obtainment and fulfillment, to expect with confidence and trust. See, the Bible says it like this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says, And now faith is the confidence of what is hoped for and the assurance of what we do not see. See, faith and hope go hand in hand in this walk with God. It goes hand in hand, faith and hope. And I was, I was looking into the story of Jesus being born, the Savior of the world, Emmanuel, God with us in a lonely manger. I noticed a parallel in this story that I never saw before. Matter of fact, I was a little embarrassed that I didn't see this. You know, I've been to all the church services, all the candlelight service. I've been in plays. I was the donkey, and I was, and I produced a play over the day, and I didn't even see this. And we hear it all the time. We see it in churches. And here's the thing: Jesus, the greatest hope of all, was born in darkness. The Jesus. The greatest hope of all was born in darkness. And I, was, I felt dumb because I was singing like silent night. And I'm like, wait up. He was born in, at night. <laughs> you know, I had like a dumb moment in the minute. But I really believe that God gave me a simple, profound truth in this time of this hope being uh, available to us in the midst of the darkness. God told me this. Some of the greatest hope we will have comes out of the darkest seasons of our life. Some of the greatest hope that we will obtain in our life will come out of the darkest seasons of our life. If I was Jesus, which you don't want me to be, okay? If I was Jesus, I I would want to come in the brightest of times. I want to come in the the middle of the square as bright. I put a spotlight on me. I'm Jesus. I'm here. I have arrived. I would not want to be in the darkness because in the darkness, things are hidden. But in the light, they're supposed to be available and shown. But the Savior of hope came in the darkness in the midst of, of, of misfits that were not supposed to be a part of the story. Think about this. It's where our redemption began. It's where the light is the, the, the light out of into coming out of the darkness into the light is where hopeless is now hopeful is coming out of the darkness. But why? Why did Jesus decide the darkness? Maybe it's God is telling us that out of the darkness, he's going to shine the brightest. Out of the darkness, he's going to shine the brightest. And through this tough year of 2020, 
He's saying, I will shine through the darkest times of your life. And he, when he arrives to your scene, when he arrives into your season, when he arrives into your, uh, into your depression, into your sickness, he shines the brightest. He shines the brightest hope in the darkness. See, in this, this story, one of the greatest hopes in the, in the nativity story is God uses ordinary people to bring an ordinary hope to a dying world. He uses people like you and me in the story. Uh, he brings ordinary, normal people into a divine story to present his hope to the world. So here's the thing. Without the birth, without the birth there's no cross. Without the birth, there's no tomb. So it's so significant what Jesus did as a baby. He took normal day-to-day people, brought them into a divine story to bring forth a Savior whose kingdom will never be shaken. We have to understand. So here's the the thing. What can God do with ordinary you in the divine story that he's continued to write in our life right now? What can he do out of ordinary you, the one that, that, that feels down, the one that feels depressed, the one that doesn't have all the resources? What can God do with you in a divine story that he's continuing to write in this world? Emmanuel, God with us. In the next couple of weeks, I want to talk about this miraculous story and some of the cast of characters that we see in this, in this story of hope that bring into our world the Savior, Jesus. So the title I have for today's message is called The Bridge to Hope. The Bridge to Hope. See, a bridge, what it does, it guides us from one place to another place. Uh, Usually the bridge connects us from a place that we cannot obtain without a structure. You cannot get from Tampa to Clearwater without a, or you're swimming. See, what a bridge does, it takes us from a position we're in to a position that might have a little bit of uncertainties, that might be a little bit dangerous, and brings us across to a place that we can never obtain without the structure in the middle, the bridge to hope. See, God gives us a bridge to this concept of hope in our life. We need to walk it out. But it's hard to obtain hope in a hopeless world. How can we live this hope out? How can we live this hope with all joy, with all, with all peace? How can we live a hope where we don't even feel certain with what tomorrow brings? He calls us to live in hope. Hope is foreign to us because at times hope brings a possibility that something good can happen in my life. That's what hope does for us. It's very quiet today, all right? Um, That's what hope does for us. It gives us the possibility of something good can happen in our life. And why we can't accept hope is because we're used to stuff having to be bad in our life. So when God comes and brings his hope, we're like, I deny it because I'm just used to being negative. I deny it because I'm used to just being depressed. I I deny it because I'm used to not live that lifestyle or I'm used to not being with that person. We deny the hope that he gives us because we're used to just living in our junk. But God calls us to live a life of hope past the threats, past the impossibilities, and to live life in Hope. 
in reality, we have to learn to cross that bridge of hope in our life. If not, we're going to live life empty and without any movement in our life. Hope bridges us. It's from the divine to our natural, and it gives us another expectation in life. If you're not living life with hope, you're living an empty life. And I'm here to tell you today, live life in hope. You might not understand it. You might not know what's going to happen. But if you live a life knowing that I have a Savior that has my back, that I can move forward in life, I don't have to look at my past to determine my future. I can just move forward in my life. The future and the promise that God has for us cannot be fulfilled without hope in our life. It cannot be fulfilled without hope. It's, it's us having the sense of getting away from what we can see and, and believing what we can't see. Axios Church is not supposed to happen. All, this, all the people that started with us a couple months ago, we shouldn't be here. Matter of fact, we didn't know we were going to be here. But we started to believe in something we did not see because we know who writes our story. See, that's how we have to live in our life. If we only live by what we can see, you're only going to be stopped by the potential in your life. If you're just worried about, if I see it, then I can obtain it. If I see it, then I can move. You're going to be lonely in your life. You're going to be limited in your life. But when you live a life of hope, you know I'm taking a step, but I'm going to be caught because God is there taking every step with me. It's a life of hope. It's saying I might not see the next step, but I'm stepping because I trust what God is doing in my life. Living a life with hope is past the scene and living in the unseen. And it gives us a driven hope and a drive in our life. In Luke chapter 1, verse 26, we see the first character that we're going to be discussing today. Her name is Mary and is Jesus' mother. And, um, and we see Mary here. She's, li she's, she's living a normal life of a 12 to 14-year-old. And I said that right. She was young. <laughs> She's living a normal life. Matter of fact, in the beginning of the story, there was really nothing special about Mary. It literally just tells us in the beginning, hey, she was married to a man named Joseph. It didn't say Mary had all these qualities. It didn't say Mary had everything um, taken care of. It didn't say Mary was rich. It didn't say Mary had all the resources she ever wanted. She didn't say Mary, the princess Mary. No, it said Mary was married. <laughs> She, it didn't give us any details, but God used a normal person to enter into a divine story to give us hope that we can live today. See, we have to look at the Bible as if it was real, because it is. There was a girl named Mary. This is not like Harry Potter. This is like a real thing that happened. It, it was a, a girl who accepted the challenge to birth the Son of God. Imagine the pressure that she was going through, but it lets us to lead us into this bridge to the hope in our life. We're going to be reading here just for a little bit because I want us to really get what God is telling us. So go to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Please follow along with me. I'm going to be reading just a little bit here, but I want us to give us context to what we're going to be talking about today. And 26 says, in the sixth month, um, the, the, the angel Gabriel um, was sent from God to a city uh, of Galilee, Galilee um, named Nazareth to a virgin. 
betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the son of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. How can you like like live your life? How about if everybody said, hey, 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 um, Jessica, and they like labeled you before your name. Virgin Jessica. How depressing is that? 28. It's serious. I'm like, I read that. I'm like, okay, cool. Um, and he called and he came to her and said, greetings. Oh, favored one. The Lord is with you. Um, but she was greatly troubled at the same and tried to discern the sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in the womb and bear a son, and you shall be called and call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will, will give to him a throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and, and, and his kingdom will, will be no end. 34. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child will be born. He will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth and at, at her own age will conceive a son. And, and this is the sixth month and with her who has been called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am your servant. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's go down to verse 46. We have a little bit of things. Let's go to 46. It says, it says it like this. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in, the, in God, my Savior. For he looked on a humble estate of his servant. For behold, for now... All generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done a great thing for me in his holy name. See, we, here we see the beginning. Here we see the middle and the end of the story, how the announcement came to Mary about Jesus being born. See, we see two different kinds of Marys in this, in this passage. See, we, we see two different Marys, the same person, but dealing with, with different emotions at the same time. See, Mary number one is full of fear. Mary number one is troubled. Mary number one is trying to discern what is happening to her in this moment. Mary number two, um, Mary number two is singing a song, literally writing a song with confidence, saying how blessed she is and seeing how, how others will call her blessed. Two different perspectives, one woman, same story. Two different perspectives, one woman, same story. See, Mary, number one, is us on an everyday basis. Fearful, feeling worthless, feeling like we're little, insecure, and troubled. But Mary, number two, is who God sees us and how he wants us to operate in authority, fearless, living with worth, and seeing the huge potential and giving confidence that God is in control and secure in our life. Two, di two different instances, the same story, the same passage, one same person. We see Mary fearful what's happening. And a couple, a couple verses later, she's literally praising herself. How do, you, how do you bridge that? 
How do you bridge from being so troubled to now saying, I'm great? It's called hope. It's called hope. Here we see the story of a young, inexperienced, unqualified teen that has, the prob- that has probably the biggest task, the most important task of the world to birth the Son of God, Jesus. Imagine that. And you think you have problems. All the college students, you think you have uh, problems with your homework. How about saying, hey, hey, Mary, you're, t- you're 13, 12, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, the savior of the world, like everybody who's waiting, you know, the God that everybody's waiting for, that's going to like save us all from our sins. Guess what? Uh, it's, it's your job to birth him. Imagine the pressure. Um, imagine the, the, the fear. Here's, no, here's point number one in our, in, in, in our talk bridging into, the, into hope. Number one is real fear. She had real fear. Imagine this. You're being pure. She kept herself pure for so many years in the eyes of many and the eyes of God. But then God comes in the picture and says, here's the promise, which is Jesus. And now that promise that Jesus Jesus was going to be born now changes her status around. How do you know? Um, When you have a baby, you start growing. So here's Mary, pure Mary, living her life. And now what she had was a status of a virgin. And now she's looked at as, ooh, something happened. Call Jerry Springer. <laughs> you, you, you know, it, it changed her status in the eyes of others. Imagine the real fear that this young lady had. This real fear in a, in a story of real hope. We need to stop dismissing others fears because in times that fear is real oh i know pastor eric it says cast your fears and anxiety on him i know the word of god says love cast out all fear i know the bible says fear not why preachers gotta go ah at the end I know the Bible says all that, but if you really read that passage, it does not neglect that the fear is there. But it does say that the fear will not overtake you. So what we need to know is that fear is real, but hope is real as well. That you can have fear, but be hopeful at the same time. See, we, what we do as Christian people is like, you have fear? Oh, you don't trust God. Who are, what the, what do you want me to be, a robot? Because fear is real. People have fears. People have fear of the future. People have fear of failure. People have fear of being alone, et cetera. We can name the list of true fears in life. These real fears. But God can shine through that and give us real hope. See, here's the hope that God gives us in the middle of our fear. He still is with us. The real, this is where the hope comes in. I can be in my fear. I can be scared what happens tomorrow, but I have hope that he's going to be there with me. It changes my perspective. It changes my, it changes my, my direction in life. Where, where I look at my fear and I just want to run away. But when I see my fear and I know God is with me, that Emmanuel, God is with us. He came as a baby and he's with us. You know, that, that I can go on in my day in the fear 
but being hopeful at the same time. Verse 20 says, he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled and discerning. In verse 30, the angel said to her, do not fear, Mary, for you have found favor in God. See, a couple years ago, my daughter, she was about two years old, I think, two or three years old. We went to a museum, went to a museum, all right? And um, this museum had this bridge. I think it was a bridge. It was a walkway or something like that. And in this walkway, they, they painted a, a, a look like a real-life alligator in this bridge. So all of us are walking, and we see Riley back there scared out of her mind because she thinks that this alligator is real. So we're like, Riley, come. And she's like, like shaking, like super anxiety. You're like, they're like, Riley, it's fake. Come, come. And, you know, she still deals with that because we do the elf on the shelf thing and she don't sleep all night. All right. So we're like, Riley, you have to come forward and face your fear. You, you, what you think is real in front of you is really fake. And when you walk over it, you're going to have a different perspective and say, what did I deal with back then? Because I can be free right now. See, that's what the Savior does. He says, listen, I see you on the other side. I know that there's fear there. But if you just come to me. But if you lay your cares, lay your anxieties on, in, on my feet, lay all your fears at me, cross the bridge of that fear and come into freedom today. Mary had to say, I need to just get away from my feelings and live in the promise. Fear might be apparent, but the father is on the other side of the fear to give you greater hope in your life. See, Mary... What I put in you, this is what God's telling you today. What I put in you is greater than what is holding you. What, what I put in you is a greater hope than the fear that is holding you. So all you got to do, Mary, is walk out on that fear and walk to hope because I am there. Some of you are so stuck on the other side of the alligator. That you're so scared of something that you don't even know is going to be a reality in your life. And we start making these scenarios that probably would never happen. But what are you doing? God is saying, come. And you're like, there's an alligator. And sometimes we feel foolish. Because probably the thing that we have anxiety for all our life never happens. And we wasted our time. We wasted our energy. We wasted our life in a fear when God has called us to live in hope. Fear is real, but hope is real as well. So let's step forward in hope. So as we go through the story, we, we see Mary having an interaction with the angel, and the angel gives Mary the promise of this encounter. Remember, he said that she was troubled and trying to discern what this encounter was all about. So now the angel tells Mary what this encounter is all about. Verse 30. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for, I found, for God has found favor in you. And behold, you will conceive in the womb and bear a son, and you should call him Jesus. And he's told how great he is and what Jesus would do and how he will reign. So the next step to cross over into the bridge of hope and to accept true hope in your life is number two, uninterrupted attention. Uninterrupted attention. Oh, I'm going there. 
See, have you ever asked in your life, what's my purpose in life? What, what am I here to do? I'm there with you. But I think at times we can't filter the voice of God because our intention is in other things. Let me say it like this. I don't think that God is not speaking. I just don't think we're listening. See, the, see what, what Mary, she was troubled in this encounter, but she was given hope to listen to the purpose. There could be a place in your life where you can have the anxiety, but still listen to the voice of God. But what the enemy wants you to do is say, hey, live in your anxiety. Listen to your anxiety. Listen to your depression. Listen to your sin. Listen to, to, to what's going on, because then that diminishes your purpose. See, what did Mary do? Mary was troubled. She had an emotional feeling, but she also listened to the promise. I see in life people are troubled and they blame God for not saving them, but they miss that God is telling them what to do in the life of trouble. See, the angel, woohoo! the angel interrupted Mary and it was an interruption in her life. I don't know about you, I hate interruptions in my life. Mary's just living her life, you know, just living her good life. And then the angel comes and wrecks her life and says, you're going to do this miraculous thing. But when life has interruptions, what do we do? We retreat and we start blaming others. So an eruption happens in life. Well, you know, if we didn't do this or if we know interruptions are going to happen in our life, she actually accepted the hope for the moment to hear her ear attentive to the purpose that God had for her. We need to live our life with interruptions. Ooh, because interruptions shake our norm. And some of you, you need to be shaken. When, I, when, I, when we were having kids and everything, well, she had kids, um, they said, don't shake the baby. Don't shake the baby ever, all right? Some of us need to be shaken. Some of us need to be shaken of our pride. Some of us need to be shaken of our, of our doubt. Some of us need to be shaken of what we're dealing with in life. And maybe the interruption, maybe the interruption that you hate in your life is really the thing that God's going to use to announce the purpose for your life. Jesus, I need an organ, all right? <laughs> Maybe the interruption that you hate so much in your life is the announcement of God telling you the purpose for your life, but we're not listening because we're only dealing with our feelings. But we have to give attention to the mission and not close our ears because of our feelings. God is speaking to us on a daily basis. The question is, are you too busy to listen? Are you too busy to listen? In a world where our attentions are scattered on social media, on everything, how can we focus on the voice of God? Number one, not number one, because I did number one, I did number two. I didn't even, not even a point. While you listen to the voice of God, stop and listen. There's the formula. Stop for a minute. Stop for a minute. If, that's, if that stop in your life needs to be after you put the kids to sleep, stop for a minute. If that, if that stop in your life needs to be that you wake up a little earlier and try to, and get into your devotion time and listen to and listen what God is speaking to you for that day, stop 
And listen, because he's talking. But here's the thing. When we are intentional with this moments of stop in our life, we need to do some, um, some physical things. We need to start fasting. We need to start praying. We need to start reflecting, reading our word, studying. But then we say things like this, but I don't have time. I have to put the kids to sleep. Get off Netflix. Some of us are addicted. I'm, I'm there with you. I'm addicted to my phone. I am. I'm working on it. Don't say true. You are too. <laughs> Don't do that to me. <clears throat> when I wake up, I will, your pastor will wish that he can say that he just opens up the Bible and reads the Bible. But I go to Facebook. I go to Instagram. It's a problem. Sometimes I have to like catch myself because our attentions are other places, but then I can't hear, then, then I can't complain that if my attentions are other places, but I can't complain that I can't hear the voice of God. We have to be intentional with these moments. So, you're, so by you saying that you're too busy to hear the voice of God, you're truly telling me that my life is not important enough to stop and listen to God's voice. We have to know that there's going to be interruptions in our life, but we need to listen to what he's saying in our life. John chapter 10, verse 27 and 28 says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will, they will never perish and, and no one will snatch them from my hands. If that's not a promise, I don't know what is. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, so faith comes by what? And hearing through the word of Christ. We need to stop and listen to his voice and direction in our life because it could be the thing that bridges us to the hope that we're seeking in our life. So now that Mary hears the purpose of the encounter the angel has given, what does she do? Let's go to verse 34. It says, and Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? What happens when God gives us a huge promise but all we see is our huge lack. All we see is what we don't have. I think Mary knew her limitations of the calling that the angel was trying to present to her. And she said, um, that's cool and everything, but um, there's no kids around? Cover your ears. I hear that I'm going to have a baby, but there's, there's a little problem. No sex. Because Mary thought the vehicle that the promise was going to be fulfilled was supposed to be a physical thing. You're missing it. She thought the vehicle was this physical. In her mind, the only way to have a child was to shika shika boom boom. See, the angel in verse 35 said, the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you before the child is born. He'll be called holy. Mary, you think sex. I think spirit. See, you see physical. I see spiritual. See, sometimes we want to live so much in our physical that we miss the spiritual that God is doing in our life because we're not attentive to what the spirit is doing in our life. Matter of fact, some of us just put the spirit on, side, on the side until you want something, until you're broke. When you're broke, you're like, oh, shout out, Buddha. everybody's speaking in tongues. Right. That's what we do. Let's be honest. 
I've done it. I ain't holy. But here's the thing. What if we really activated our prayer life? And instead of going God as a genie in the bottle, going to him because he's the promise maker. See, the reassurance for Mary that God, because God said there's nothing impossible that I can't do in your life. It gave her the hope to birth the, the, the hope for us in our world. The promise will not only be fulfilled physically in your life, but God is going to use the Holy Spirit through you to fulfill the purpose that God has for you that you can't do it on your own. Physical can only go so far. Spiritual has to come in your life, but when physical and spirit is collides, miracles happen. Because you're saying, God, I'm not only I'm coming at the end of what I can do, and only you can make this happen. Let your Holy Spirit fulfill my life. See, what did Mary do? She looked at her lack, but how did she cross over into a life of hope in her life? Number three. She had bold faith, bold faith. And Mary said, behold, I am your servant. Of the, I'm the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. How awkward is that? She finally says yes to it, and the angel's like, poof, out. Like, she's troubled. She's dealing with so many things, and she finally says yes. And, and I would say, hey, angel, should chill with me. Let's have some, go Starbucks, you know, do whatever you got, you know. You had a long trip, but he's like, peace. Because she accepted the call. See, Mary could only say yes because of the word that gave her the confidence to say yes. See, sometimes we look at this thing as not power. We have to get to his word. It's the only thing that's going to su suffice us. It's the only thing that's going to give us power. His word is live and active in our life. If we don't have his word, we don't have the confidence to move forward to the promise that he has for us. Because if you don't have his word, what word are you living on? Because if you live on Facebook, you're going to be depressed all the time. If you live your life on, on just devotions, which is great, you're just going to get a piece of what the promise that God really has for us. But when we live on this word, when we, when we activate these words in our life, man, things happen. Psalms chapter 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my feet. Path. All I need is a word from God and I can walk to the hope that he has for me. One word from God can change my mindset. One word from God can change my perspective. One word from God can, can comfort me. One word from God can give me the confidence. One word. One word from God. Mary said, I hear you. I'm a little scared, but if you said it, I stand on it. I stand on the word. And then she says, that gave her the confidence, said, now fulfill it in me. And it gave her the confidence to say this. Verse 46. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he looked on his humble servant, the state of his servant, and behold, for now all generations will call me blessed, for he is mighty and done great things. By the word, I am not called virgin anymore. By my lack, I'm called blessed 
by the word that God spoke over me. I walk in confidence. I talk in confidence. I trust in confidence. I act in confidence. I'm living out what Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says to me. And I am sure of this, that, that he who became, began a good work in you will bring it to completion to the day Christ Jesus. I am confident in who I am. I am confident in who he is. It's not about self-pride. It's about my reliance in the father of hope. And I know that he has my back. I can walk and be if he calls me blessed, I can walk in being a blessing. It's living on his word. I might not see it now, but I know he's working this huge promise on the inside that's going to come out. I'm confident about what I stand, which is on his word. And as I close, his word gives us the confidence to birth out the thing that God has working on the inside of us. See, we have to trust his word. But through all of this, how can I be reassured of the promises and the word that God has over me? Because sometimes I just read it as just, just, just like words. But how can the word become a promise in my life? How can his word become confidence in my life. I got a quick statement to tell you. You know how you do that? You put your name on it. Woo-wee! Give me that organ, boy. You put your name on it. See, what they do, what, what we, we need to do, if it says, ah, we need to say, hey, so God said, I, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, right? Put your name on it. Eric is fearfully and wonderfully made. If the word of God says, I, I, I'm the head, I'm not the tail. Well, you say, uh, Eric is the head, not the tail. You put your name on it. Because then it becomes personal to you. It becomes personal to you. So now you're not living just the word. You're living in the word. You're living, hey, Mary said, you call me a virgin. You call me by my lack. But God called me favored. God called me blessed. So I can walk out being favored. I can walk out being blessed. I don't need to be walking what you tell me that I need to be walking. I can walk on the word that God spoke over my life. And that's not having pride. That's having confidence in God. Because if he said it, I can live it out. So when you're reading the word, and you see a promise that God has for you, put your name on it. Try it. It gives you another perspective of his word. Because yes, it was written years ago, but it was written for you. The, the, the blood that God, that Jesus shed on that cross wasn't just a story, it's for you. Him being born in a manger, giving us hope to the world, Emmanuel, God with us, wasn't just a cool little thing to say. That was for you. So when we put our name in the midst of the promise, it gives us a confidence in knowing that that's for me. So Mary put one of those name tags and says, hello, my name is favored. Hey, how you doing? I was called Mary at one time, but I'm blessed. And you start labeling yourself 
not by what others say you are, but what God says you are. Not only can you label it, but you can walk it out and be who God's called you to be. Life without hope is labeling you in the darkness, but life with hope is labeling you in the light. In his word, you put your name attached to that promise. So you believe every word that is for you. But fear will come. Fear is going to come, but there is a greater hope. It might require your attention, but your attention is going to give you a new perspective in your life. You might have to activate bold faith in your life. And yes, it's called you to build that confidence that, that that you're trying to hide. But when you build a bold faith life, you can walk in confidence to keep going, especially in 2020. As we start wrapping up the wrapping up this year, what are some things that you lived in in 2020 they have to walk out of into 2021? But what are some words you spoke over your future that you lived in in 2020 that you need to walk out of and speak what the God, no, God says about you in 2021? It's time for us to live with this hope that God is real, that God is working in my life, that I might be in it, but I can still live through it because God is working on the other side, giving me hope to move forward. See, some of you are like, I don't, I didn't know in June, July that I would get to December. Let's be real. With the crazy sickness that's going around, nobody knows. You can say it's fake, you can say it's real, it's happening. But you know what gives you hope? He's still there. He still was born in a manger. He still died on the cross. He still rose again and he's advocating for you. He's praying for you each and every day because he loves you. So live life of hope. Live life full of hope. In the midst of your fear, activate bold faith and live in hope. With every head bowed. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.